SEP Fanfic Readings presents Finding Hermione by Ebook Dragon Chapter 34 Confessions and Pleas January 13th The day Draco and Hermione had both wished for seemed like it wasn't meant to be. They'd managed a quiet lunch after Lavender Brown's intrusion and were enjoying their time together alone in front of the fire in the study. They were both caught off guard when Luna appeared at the flue at two in the afternoon for tea, rather than half-past three when tea was traditionally served. Draco held out a hand for the strange witch as she stepped out of the fireplace and into the study. Luna was still wearing her puce-green robes, radish earrings, and bottle-cap necklace. Draco watched the strange witch speculatively as she took in her surroundings. Hermione rose from the sofa, smoothing down her black sheath dress, and crossed to the fireplace to give Luna a kiss on the cheek in greeting. "'Luna, it's good to see you,' Hermione greeted. We weren't expecting you for at least another hour. The vagueness that usually plagued any conversation with Luna was absent. The serious expression on the witch's face made Draco wary. He understood dreamy Luna. This down-to-business Luna was a mystery to him. Yes, I'm aware that I'm early, Luna answered seriously. She still had that breathy, dreamy voice, but there was steel behind her words now. I hope you'll excuse my rudeness. "'But I know you both had a trying day, and I thought maybe we could just get this out of the way.' Hermione tilted her head in curiosity at her friend. "'Luna, you know you're always welcome to come over, but I'm not sure what exactly we need to get out of the way.' "'Is it okay if we sit?' Luna asked. "'Of course,' Hermione answered, gesturing Luna to a chair, and moved to resume her seat. Luna sank down into the armchair nearest Hermione. Draco sat beside Hermione on the couch— an air of apprehension seemed to overcome Luna, as she opened a brown leather attaché that had seen better days, and took a black leather album out. She sat it down on the coffee table and slid it over to Hermione. "'That is yours to keep,' Luna said, gesturing to the album. "'I had intended on giving it to you as a wedding present, but—' Luna stopped and took a deep breath. "'After hearing Ron's statement today, I thought maybe I needed to apologize as well.' "'Why would you need to apologize, Luna?' Hermione asked, picking up the album and holding it in her lap without opening it. Her fingers trailed along the cover of the album. Luna gestured to the album. Go ahead and open it. Hermione lifted the cover of the book. The album seemed to be full of pictures. The first was an enlarged picture of Draco and Hermione dancing at the dragon's den. It was the first time he danced with her after he'd gone to check on her during girls' night. It was also the picture that had appeared in the Daily Prophet. You were taking the pictures. Hermione asked in disbelief. "'Yes,' Luna answered. "'Dennis Creevy and I took pictures of you and your family "'and sent them to the Prophet for publication.' "'Why?' Hermione asked in confusion. "'You two have danced around each other for years, "'probably since you were eleven. "'It was clear to anybody that bothered to look "'that you were supposed to be together.' "'Luna started. "'She focused her gaze on Hermione. "'Do you remember what I said "'when you asked me to be a bridesmaid at your wedding?' "'Luna asked.' The room was silent for a long moment before Hermione answered the question softly. "'You weren't going to stand by me and watch me make the biggest mistake of my life.' Luna turned to Draco. "'Do you remember what I said to you when you came to apologize to me for my imprisonment in Malfoy Manor?' Draco thought for a moment. It took a little time to recall a conversation that occurred fourteen years ago. The apologies he'd made were always close to the surface, though, and he answered— "'Hurry up and conquer my demons before the love of my life slips away.' She nodded, seemingly glad that they both remembered her words to them. "'Neither of you listened to me. 
You were both so stubborn to walk your own paths without assistance. I despaired that you would ever find your way back to each other, and your souls would have to wait until your next incarnation. Then that day on the platform happened. Her voice became wistful as she said, It was like fate intervened and gave you both a chance to be together. Why the pictures, though? Hermione asked again. Luna shrugged, a slight lift of her shoulders as if her next statement was of no importance. I started following you after Draco took you away that day. I was curious. I wanted to see your epic love story unfold. Except that you didn't seem to be falling in love like I thought you would. I thought maybe you didn't really see how you looked at each other, how you've always looked at each other. So I decided to show you. Draco had to admit to himself that her plan had worked admirably. He had accepted that he had feelings for her long ago. The pictures, though, as annoying as he found it to have his personal life splashed across the papers, reinforced his love for her. He saw how he felt about her reflected back at him in the pictures. He saw how she looked at him. Photos captured glances that were gone in a flash. Looks that you didn't notice because you were distracted by the conversation going on around you. He didn't know about Hermione, but he'd pored over those photos when he saw them in the paper. Just like Minerva, he got to watch them falling in love with each other. He took the album from Hermione's limp grasp and turned the page. He found himself looking at a picture of his fourteen-year-old self, eyes wide in shock, mouth slightly open in awe and wonder. He had stepped forward in the picture, unconsciously leaving Pansy Parkinson behind, to pursue what had ensnared him. He remembered that moment, not exactly his reaction to it, but he remembered what had captured his attention so fully. Hermione had floated down those stairs, and he couldn't deny to himself any more how he felt about her. On the opposite page, and slightly elevated from his picture, was a picture of Hermione in her Yule Ball finery, taking that first tentative step down the stairs. Her innocent beauty shone through her in the way that she bit her lip in nervousness and clasped her hands in front of her. The glow of a gentle light illuminated behind her gave her an ethereal quality, as if she were an angel stepping down from the heavens. In the album, just as it had happened that night, he was looking up at her in wonder, in dawning realization. "'How long exactly have you been following us?' Draco asked, interrupting Hermione and Luna's conversation. Hermione looked over at the picture, and Draco let her pull the album out of his lap, while he looked at Luna. Luna craned her neck to glance at the picture she had been looking at. "'Only since September,' Luna answered. "'Then where did these come from?' Hermione asked, gesturing at the Yule Ball photos. "'When I recruited Dennis Creevy, he started looking through his brother's old photos.' There weren't many of the Slytherins, but Colin managed to capture this photo of you. The photo before that was one of Hermione. Hermione turned the page and there were a series of photographs across the two pages of his trial. He had been bound to a chair in the center of the courtroom facing the men and women that would decide his fate. He was gaunt and pale, except for the dark circles around his eyes. That day had been just another in a long line of horrors he had to face since his sixth year at Hogwarts. He was gazing at Hermione speaking to the tribunal with a look of relief on his face. Another was of Hermione gazing over at him with worry in her eyes. Her body looked like she was about to rush to his side. Another photo on the page was of her looking back over her shoulder as she was led from the courtroom by Weasley. She looked like she was fighting with herself and letting herself be led away from him. The photo directly opposite that one was of him looking at her as she was being led away, like he would have just rushed after her if he weren't bound to the chair. "'Where did you find these photos?' Hermione asked Luda. Another shrug of her shoulders that Draco was starting to find maddening. "'The Prophet has archived photos of all the trials, even if they weren't published. 
I'm honestly surprised no one bothered to look back at them when you two got together. Hermione turned the page, and next were photos from the day on the platform. The day it all started. The first was when he'd stopped her lunge at Weasley by grabbing her around the waist. Next was a photo of him standing between Hermione and Weasley, with his hands on her shoulders. Then of him leading Hermione and Rose away from the group. "'You took these?' Hermione said with a note of accusation in her voice. "'No, that was the prophet.' The next page was of Rose's first day of school, then page after page of their time together. Their lunches together when Hermione had been depressed about Weasley's betrayal, her first visit to the Dragon's Den, where she started shaking off the depression, their walks in the park, the Quidditch game at Hogwarts on Parents' Day. So many pictures. There was even a picture of them at the ball before they'd made their entrance. He'd backed her up against a wall. He was glad that picture hadn't appeared in the paper. Draco's hands were clutching at her emerald silk encased behind and pressing herself to him while they devoured each other. It was odd seeing their lives here in this book. Photos that were real and honest, not the posed photos that they were often seen. It was also an incredible invasion of their privacy. They hadn't given Luna or Dennis permission to take these photos of them or publish them in the paper. "'This is a gross invasion of our privacy, Luna,' Hermione said sternly. "'I know.' "'Luna answered with a sigh. "'But you two are supposed to be together, "'and you were taking so long, "'mourning a relationship that was long dead.' "'That's just an excuse, Luna,' Hermione said angrily, "'and pointing an accusatory finger at her friend. "'You had no right to put our lives out there like that "'for everyone to see.' "'I'm of two minds on this,' Draco spoke up. "'I will admit that I liked seeing the photos of us in the paper.' I think it helped Minerva and Scorpius accept our relationship easier, since they got glimpses of how we were around each other. Draco paused. However, he let the word hang in the air as Hermione turned to glare at him. That was an invasion of our privacy. I assume the articles published were you and Dennis as well. Luna nodded at him. Why keep publishing the pictures and articles after we got together? Hermione interjected. People love a love story. I'm not sure if you know this, but every day that pictures of you appeared in the Prophet, the newspaper sold out. Newspaper subscriptions have increased dramatically since September, and it's mostly because of your relationship. They like to see a former bad boy reformed by love. Hermione, you're still considered a heroine to the people. You haven't used that status in years, but it still holds sway. Not to mention you two are considered a formidable power couple. I don't want to use my famous name to get me places or open doors for me. "'I want to earn the right to walk through those doors myself,' Hermione said. Luna leaned forward and placed her hands on her knees. She answered sincerely. "'You helped save our world from the darkest wizard we've ever known. "'That should be enough to open any door you like.' "'How do you know all this, Luna?' Draco asked. "'I thought you just wrote for the Quibbler.' "'I've done freelance work for the Prophet since the end of the war. "'The editor likes having a voice that directly opposes Skeeter's. Says it makes for a more interesting reading. As for how I know what the people are thinking, it's amazing what people will say in front of someone they think isn't paying attention. Luna, Hermione said, looking sharply at her friend. You said you owed us an apology, but I get the feeling that you're not that sorry about invading our privacy and taking pictures of us. Luna's pale blue gaze met Hermione's. That wasn't what I came to apologize for. The pictures, Luna hesitated. They had unintended consequences. You mean other than exposing our private lives to the masses? Hermione retorted sardonically. Hermione, Luna said, her voice taking on a sharp and patient edge. You are a famous person in our world. 
You've hidden in the shadows since the end of the war, but that doesn't make you any less interesting. Luna gestured at Draco. You're in a relationship with Draco freaking Malfoy. That fact alone is newsworthy. So don't get in a huff with me because I took pictures of your relationship. You weren't even aware at the time the pictures were being taken, so don't act like it was terrible for you. You both were given space to live your lives, without reporters and photographs hounding you. That's more than many famous people get. Draco was so surprised by Luna's behavior. Where had she been hiding this tough exterior? He thought he probably shouldn't be too surprised, though. Time and war change people. Draco wouldn't believe her vapid facade any more. He knew that there was steel behind those eyes. If you're not apologizing for taking the pictures of us, then what are you wanting to apologize for? Hermione asked impatiently. Luna looked both enraged and remorseful as she answered. I didn't realize how the pictures would affect Ron. I underestimated his reaction to them. I'm afraid seeing those pictures of how happy you and your daughters were without him fueled his rage. I wanted to apologize for that. I didn't realize that I would be putting you in danger. Hermione opened her mouth to retort, but no doubt still angry about Luna's invasion of their privacy. He placed a hand on her knee to stop the angry words. He didn't want her to say something in anger she would regret. "'I think we can all say that we've aided in our build-up of the situation,' Draco placated. "'Whether it was inevitable is something we will probably never know now. But ultimately, I don't think any of our actions is responsible for leading Weasley to try to kill Hermione and me.' Luna nodded in thanks to him. She turned to look at Hermione, her gaze thoughtful and a little unsure. Hermione sighed and returned her friend's gaze. "'Draco's right, Luna,' she relented. "'Our pictures in the paper were well-intentioned on your part. "'You couldn't have known what Ron's reaction would be to them, "'but ultimately he is responsible for his actions.' "'Thank you both,' Luna said, looking relieved. "'Can you stop taking pictures of us now?' Hermione asked. Luna looked sharply at Hermione. "'Do you have that sort of arrangement with other reporters?' "'No,' Hermione answered. "'Then why do you think you can ask that of me?' Luna responded. "'But it's intrusive,' Hermione protested. "'It's our private lives.' "'Do you think it would stop if I stopped taking pictures?' Luna asked. That seemed to cause Hermione to pause in her tirade. "'Better the devil you know,' Draco murmured. "'I just want to live a normal life,' Hermione said dejectedly. "'You've been living a normal life, haven't you?' Luna said, not unkindly. "'The time Stennis and I took those photos of you didn't interfere with your normal day-to-day -day lives. "'Can you say the same would be true with another reporter? "'Or that they wouldn't publish photos that you made didn't want the public to see?' "'I see your point, Luna,' Hermione said. "'I just don't like it very much.' "'I'm sure it will die down,' Luna offered. "'You'll be a boring married couple soon.' So unless you get caught doing the dirty in a broom closet at the ministry, I'm sure people will lose interest, which means the prophet will lose interest. Draco couldn't help but laugh at Luna's assessment, not to be mean or because he thought she was wrong, but just the thought of doing the dirty in a broom closet was laughable. He had a perfectly good office at the ministry, thank you very much. Thank you for hearing me out, Luna said, rising from her seat. Congratulations on the twins, by the way. Hermione froze on her way to hug Luna goodbye. She cast a worried look over her shoulder at Draco and turned back to Luna. "'You won't print that, will you?' "'I'm not a monster here,' Luna said impatiently. "'If I were Rita Skeeter, then I would most definitely print that. But I'm not. And it wouldn't help our cause anyway.' Hermione looked curiously at Luna. "'What is our cause, then?' "'The same cause you've been fighting since you joined our community.' 
Luna said as she started to turn toward the fireplace. Equality. Luna took a pinch of flu powder from the bowl on the mantel and threw it into the fireplace. She called out, Leaky cauldron, and then was gone. Hermione sat down on the couch heavily. I don't know how to feel right now, she admitted. Draco had remained seated as Luna took her leave. He rested his head on the back of the sofa and stared up at the ceiling. He could feel the tick of a headache building across his forehead. He felt like he'd had enough emotional confrontations for at least a week, let alone one day. He desperately wanted a nap before Rose and all her exuberance came home from school. "'I say we don't worry about it until after the hearing tomorrow. Let's just take a nap here on the sofa until it's time to go get Rose,' Draco said tiredly. "'Good idea,' Hermione said, starting to stretch out again on the sofa. Draco was pulling off his loafers when the flu chimed. "'For the love of all that is holy,' Draco groaned. Hermione laughed a little at his tone. "'I'll see who it is.' she said, rising from the sofa. She answered the flu call. Draco groaned inwardly at the sound of Molly Weasley's voice drifting into the room. "'I'm sorry, Hermione. I was hoping to talk to you both before Rose came home from school. Is now a good time?' "'No,' Draco grumbled uncharitably. Hermione shot him a glare before she turned and answered Molly. "'Now is fine if you would like to come through.' Draco groaned again. "'I'm calling Tansy. I need tea and something for my headache.' "'Be nice to Molly,' Hermione chided him. "'I'm sure this has been awful for her.' "'Whatever this is about,' Draco whined, "'I'm sure it will be awful for me.' "'You really do need a nap,' Hermione said, "'patting his cheek in mock sympathy and smiling up at him. "'Draco left the study in search of Tansy. "'He found the elf puttering around the kitchen, "'looking unusual for her in a midnight blue empire waist dress "'with short puff sleeves. "'Tansy?' Draco asked in shock. He'd never seen the elf in anything less than her ridiculous leotards and tutus. "'Oh, Master Draco!' Tansy squeaked, startled. "'You look nice,' Draco said. Tansy smoothed down the front of her dress and looked up at him with a half-smile. "'Thank you, Master Draco. I have the date.' "'Oh,' Draco said in a surprise. He didn't know that his elf dated. Not that she was really his elf, come to think of it. "'I hope that is all right with you, Master Draco,' Tansy said nervously. "'Of course,' Draco said. "'I hope it goes well,' he finished uncomfortably. Tansy slumped in relief. She looked up at him speculatively. "'Does you need something, Master Draco?' "'Oh, of course,' Draco said momentarily, forgetting what he had come in here for. "'I am in need of tea. And do you have any of those scones left?' Tansy nodded and started making the tea and setting up the tray. Draco went to the corner cabinet and unlocked it with his wand. He pulled out the small vial of the potion he took for his headaches and downed it. Draco sighed in relief as the pressure let up its vice grip in his forehead. He locked the cabinet back up and turned to find Tansy about to lift the loaded tea tray. He plucked the tray from her grasp. "'I've got this. You go enjoy yourself.' Tansy started wringing her hands again. "'If you're not sure you don't need anything else, Master Draco.' Draco smiled down at the elf. "'Go,' he said gently. "'You've earned a night off. Go have some fun.' "'Thanks you, Master Draco,' Tansy said." She was gone in a pop, leaving him standing alone in a kitchen holding a tea tray. Draco made his way back to the study. Molly looked up at him guiltily as he walked into the room. The normally vivacious woman looked haunted, and much older than the last time he saw her. Draco sat the tea tray on the coffee table. Hermione leaned forward to pour for him and Molly, and handed each a cup before taking her own. "'How's your head?' she asked quietly. "'Better,' he replied, squeezing her knee. He arched his eyebrow in a silent communication— "'Why is she here?' his look clearly said. Hermione shook her head slightly and frowned. 
You're not going to like it, she returned. Draco sighed and took a fortifying sip of his tea. He was content to wait out the Weasley matriarch. He could guess what her intentions were in coming here today. They may have disowned their son, but he was still their son. Molly set down her cup and saucer with a slight clink of the china. Draco watched her over the rim of his cup as she took a deep breath. Draco imagined he could visibly see her gathering her courage around her, like a warm blanket on a cold winter's day. She gave them a pleading look as she started to speak. "'I hope you'll both hear me out. I know I have no right to ask this.' She paused and took a deep breath. Draco could see the tears welling up in her eyes. "'Please have mercy on my son.' "'Molly,' Hermione started in a pained voice. "'I know he didn't mean it,' Molly pleaded. "'I know he's sorry. He can't have meant to kill you, Hermione. Not Ron!' Draco hated this. He hated seeing the pain and desperation on Molly Weasley's face. She just couldn't fathom that her son would be capable of trying to kill his wife. Draco hated the pain that would follow tomorrow, as Molly Weasley was forced to realize how far her son had fallen. "'Molly!' Hermione started again. He could hear the tears choking her voice. He felt sorry for Molly, but he was starting to hate her as well for putting Hermione through this. Draco set his cup down and took Hermione's from her. She leaned into his chest and started to cry. Draco drew her into a protective embrace. Hadn't she already been through enough at the hands of this family? Hadn't Hermione already given enough? "'He's not sorry,' Draco said softly to Molly, stroking Hermione's back. "'As much as it pains me to tell you this, he did mean to kill Hermione. And me.' Marley started to shake her head in denial. Tears were streaming down her face. "'Molly, I'm sorry. I know you don't want to believe it. What parents would?' Draco said kindly. "'Please!' Molly pleaded at him. Her hands clasped together in front of her. "'I'll give you anything. I'll get down on my knees and beg just to have mercy on my son!' Draco swallowed hard. He was uncomfortable with this. He couldn't give her what she wanted. It wouldn't be right. His whole family would forever be looking over their shoulder in fear of Ronald Weasley. Minerva would probably relapse and start having nightmares again. He wasn't going to put them through that. He settled his face into a stern resolve. It wasn't right that she was putting them in this position— her son attacked them, almost killed Draco, traumatized Minerva, caused worry and grief for his family. Molly, I'm only going to say this once, Draco said in a hard tone, ice laced with steel. There will be no mercy for Ronald Weasley. He attacked Hermione with the intent to kill her. Had I not stepped in front of her, she would be dead, along with our unborn children. I am not the man my father was. I am not cruel or unfeeling. But I will not ask for leniency for someone that tried to kill my soulmate or our children. He's going to spend the rest of his life in Azkaban. You need to accept that. Molly's eyes narrowed at him in anger. This is all your fault, she spat. If you hadn't flaunted your relationship around for everyone to see, none of this would have happened. Hermione burst from his embrace. He thought he could see sparks fly from the end of her curly hair. She rounded on Molly. "'How dare you!' she growled at the woman. "'How dare you try to place blame on us for his actions!' "'I'm sorry,' Molly said, trying to placate Hermione's anger. "'Get out!' Hermione ground out. "'Get out of our home!' "'Please, Hermione!' Molly tried again, rising from her seat. "'How would you feel if it was one of your children? Wouldn't you do anything in your power to save them?' "'I wouldn't place the blame on the victims!' Hermione spat at her. Draco rose from his seat and stepped between the two women. He guided Molly over to the fireplace. Molly, it's been a very stressful day for us. 
I empathize with you, but we're not going to be swayed. It's time for you to go. I can't have you continuing to upset Hermione. He's my son, Draco, Molly murmured weakly. Draco took a punch of flu powder and threw it into the fireplace. I know. I don't know what I would do in your shoes. He gave Molly a little nudge, encouraging her to step into the fireplace. She stepped into the green flames and looked regretfully at the two of them before calling out, The burrow! The nerve of that woman! Hermione huffed behind him. Draco crossed back over to the sofa and sat beside Hermione again. He wrapped an arm around her and pulled her into his embrace. Don't think too harshly of her, Draco said soothingly. She's a desperate woman. I know, Hermione murmured. I just can't believe she tried to blame us. Trying to change the subject, Draco said, Want to hear some interesting news? Sure, Hermione replied with a shrug. I found out before I walked in here that Tansy is going on a date, Draco said enthusiastically. Hermione squealed and clapped her hands in joy. Now that is good news. I wonder who it is. We'll have to make sure she takes regular time off. Oh, what if he's not free? That's just not right. We'll have to make sure he's freed. Draco let her ramble on about house elf rights. They would soon find a solution in any potential problems with Tansy's bow if it arose. He was just glad that the light had come back into her eyes again. It had been an exceedingly long day. Draco went to get Rose from school. He placed an order for dinner at Samorn's Thai kitchen. After Samorn's son delivered the food and left the house, Draco closed down the flue. No more visitors for today. He wanted to relax with Hermione and Rose, and enjoy a quiet evening watching movies, just like the muggles do.